Okay, so um, I normally do a, a long uh, kind of review. I'm not going to go as long today, I promise, because y'all are like, dude, didn't we just hear that? But here's why I like to go over where we've been. Because I don't want us just to think that the Bible is about the birth of Jesus, although that's huge. There's all these things that happened before that that are so important and that really make it make sense, okay? And so I don't want us to see the Bible as all these individual stories, but the, really the Bible is about one big story, and it's about God and, and the gospel. And that, that's what I really hope we get out of all of this that we've been doing over the last few weeks is, is that's what it's about. And I, I think it's so important, and it's cool that we're small enough to where we can talk about it like this because uh, I think we learn better that way. Uh, so bottom line, though, is we know is that week one, it was all about creation, that God spoke the earth into existence. He created angels that worshipped him. Some chose not to. They rebelled against God. Uh, they were cast out of heaven, out of his presence, because he is holy. Um, they were sent to earth, okay? And we know that, that Satan, uh, we know that that is Satan, and he, that word means adversary. So the earth was a dark place. That's where all these um, angels were sent. And then week two, we see God um, making earth a place that we could live on. And Adam and Eve lived under God's pr- uh, protection. And it was awesome and it was perfect and all of this. And then God said at the end of Genesis 2, look, isn't this great? Just don't eat from that tree. And that one tree, and then we know that in, Satan showed up in Genesis 3 and spoke in a deceptive way uh, to Eve. And they did eat of that tree. And we see why we are where we are today. We see the consequence of sin. And there's the relationship, our relationship with God is fractured there. And so we still struggle with that. We're going to struggle with that as long as we're here. And, and so that's the reality of where we are right now from the very beginning, Genesis 3. Uh, then we saw Noah came on the scene. God said is a blameless man. He built this huge ark. And uh, I think there's some tension there. If you, God told you to build an ark, your friends would make fun of you. Okay, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you building this big, huge boat? Okay, and so... Uh, so he's building this whole thing, and why is he doing this? Because God basically said that these people I created, they're completely evil all the time. And he said, enough of this. So he flooded the earth. Basically, I want to start over, all right? And then we know that he said, I'll never do that again, and he marked that by a rainbow. And so he shot a rainbow. This guy says, I'm making a covenant with you. I will never flood the earth again. Uh, and then Abraham in Genesis 12 comes along. And God makes, uh, and God calls Abraham, some good things there, some tension there uh, with him. But basically God makes a covenant with Abraham and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless the entire earth through your descendants. Now that's a huge covenant. And we're going to see that today. Uh, that covenant's still happening, by the way. And so I'm going to bless you through all of your uh, descendants. And that was interesting because his wife couldn't even have a baby at the time. She was infertile. And so... You know, he, God probably could have picked somebody else that was having kids. Uh, but he did not. They had Isaac. And his name meant laughter for that reason. Uh, then we see Abraham in Genesis 22 takes his son up on a mountain. God says, I want you uh, to offer your son, your firstborn son, the one I'm going to bless the earth with. 
you, I want you to take him up on this mountain. I want you to offer him as a sacrifice to me. Okay? And so here's what we have here. And this is still happening today. We have the obedience of man and a just God. God's saying, I want payment for all this sin. We've got a problem here. And the way God pays for sin is life for life and the shedding of blood. And so we see Abraham being obedient to that and we see God calling for the payment. Okay? And so... Uh, so there's some pretty serious tension there, but it paints the picture of the future. Obviously, God saves uh, Isaac with a ram, and the ram is put in his place, uh, which paints the picture of what the gospel is all about. Uh, then we see Moses comes on the scene. So the people of Israel moved to Egypt, uh, and they spent time in Egypt. And then Moses comes along. And in Egypt, finally, they got tired of all the Jew, Jewish people in, in, in Egypt. And Pharaoh was like, I'm sick of these people. So he begins to enslave them. So they're in Egypt. Moses comes along and says, let my people go. Let, let them out of here. They're, we're not going to tolerate this anymore. Uh, and Pharaoh was stubborn, wouldn't do it. All these plagues came, all this stuff. Eventually, we see the Passover come about and the Passover lamb uh, come about, which is, again, a symbol of the gospel, the, the symbol of really the one mega story of scripture comes about. Uh, last week, we moved from Joshua to Malachi, basically, uh, you know, eight, nine hundred years of scripture in, in one Sunday, so that was awesome. And uh, really what we saw is uh, people would trust God, they would follow God, and he would bless them, he would make promises to them and then he would come through and then all this kind of stuff and then they would turn on him and they would rebel against him and they wanted a king so God gave him a king and then that king would worship false gods and God would remove his, his presence and his blessing over them and, and then other nations would come in and take over. So this, this happened for, for years. But in the midst of all that, what was happening that was really cool was this, that prophets were speaking. And so God gave these people... Uh, gave these kings and the people of Israel prophets. And so through these prophets, this is what they're saying. And this sets us up for what we're going to do today. Uh, The prophets were saying things like this. A virgin will give birth to him in Bethlehem. He would be from the, the line of King David, who was a descendant of Abraham. He will do no wrong, living a life without sin. He will be beaten, killed, and buried like a criminal. His life would be made an offering for our sin. He would establish a kingdom like no other Israel has ever known. And he would fulfill every promise God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so, despite the warnings and despite the prophecy from these these prophets, uh, for 400 years, God does not speak. So where we're about to start today, 400 years, God does not speak to his people at all. There, there, is, there is no direction. There is, there's, nothing, there's nothing going on here. And so uh, it's pretty amazing when he does speak and who he does speak to. We're not going to go into that today. What we're going to focus on today is, is Mary and Joseph and the birth of Jesus. So let me, let me read through this and we'll get started. This is what we're going to talk about today. God sent an angel to a woman named Mary in the town of Nazareth in Galilee 
Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Okay, that's important. The angel appeared to her and said, Do not be afraid, Mary. God has decided to bless you, and you will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Now put yourself in her shoes, please. Think, just think about that. You're just hanging out. This happens. And he will be a king whose kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, this is a good question. But how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, this will happen supernaturally by the spirit of God. So this baby will be called the son of God. And Mary said, I accept, I accept whatever God has for me. I am his servant. Just as the angel had said, Mary became pregnant. Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant. This is her fiance. He decided to break off the engagement quietly. Imagine that. The law would have permitted him to have her killed if she had an affair. And one night, though, Joseph had a dream and an angel appeared to him and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child in her is from God. You are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. So Joseph listened to the angel and took Mary as his wife, but he chose not to, to sleep with her until after the baby was born. Months, after, or months later, as Joseph and Mary were traveling to Bethlehem, Mary started giving birth. There were no rooms available for them in the local inns, so they found an animal stable. And that was where Jesus was born. Wrapped him in, in strips of cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. And that night some shepherds were outside taking care of the sheep. When an angel appeared and frightened them. And the angel said, do not be afraid. I'm bringing good news. The one who will save the Messiah has been born in Bethlehem. You will know it is him if you find him in a stable wrapped in strips of cloth. And the shepherds ran into town to see if they could find this baby that was born. When they found him in the stable, they told everyone what the angel had said to them. And the people were amazed. And G Jesus grew up just like any Jewish boy. And when he was 12 years old and his family attended the annual Passover festival in Jerusalem. Just like back in Exodus that happened. Okay, they were still celebrating that for hundreds of years, uh, still celebrated today. On the way home, Ju uh, Joseph and Mary assumed Jesus was traveling uh, with some other uh, relatives. So for three days go by, they didn't see their kid. Okay, so that's, that's not like today. Okay, all right. And the people got leashes and stuff now. All right, I've seen them in the malls. And so uh, later, uh, when they stopped to sleep for the night, they realized he was nowhere to be found. I guess they weren't worried about, like, child abduction then. Uh, so, in a panic, they went back to Jerusalem. Uh, so, that's a long way. So, now they're, like, five days separated with their, from their kid. Uh, to look for him, three days later, they finally found him in the temple courts discussing deep questions with religious teachers. Everyone there was amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, 
what have you done? Why, or why have you done this for us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? Jesus asked. You should have known that I would be in my father's house. But they didn't understand what he meant. And then they returned to, to Nazareth with his parents and his mother and thought deeply about what had happened. And Jesus grew both in height and wisdom. And he was loved by God and everyone that knew him. Okay, so that, that's the narrative story um, really of probably Luke and, and Matthew together, uh, put together in summary format. All right, so let's start really broad. What are the themes, what are the, the big themes, the big thoughts uh, of what you see going on here? Okay, so what, what are the big thoughts, the big themes of what is happening in, in this story, uh, specifically just the story? Let's not go back. Let's just talk about Mary Joseph, birth of Jesus story. What's going on here? In light of, we can talk about it in light of everything else, but what's going on here? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about didn't did somebody didn't somebody recently have a baby like in Great Britain or something? Or is that is that what you would call it? Like royalty, right? And that was like wasn't that like a big deal? <laughs> like all over the place. All over crazy so like kirk says like then he's saying look how humble it is and how crazy i mean the son of god's being born and who knows it tells you something about god doesn't it anybody else what's going on here yeah Yeah, yeah. Jesus has no place to go, and just wow, the way it happened. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? So, 
faith. She's talking about it takes faith. And how amazing their faith was in the midst of that. So let's talk about that. You guys have led us to really the huge tension of this. Because we, we see, she's talking about how faithful they were that they heard. She just said one, God said one thing to, she asked one question. <laughs> one question. Okay, I'm here. I'm your, I'm your servant. I'll do what you want. And Joseph, in that situation. All right, so let's, let's set ourselves in their place today. You're about to get engaged to someone, and they come up pregnant. Okay? Now, let's think about all the relationships. Dad, mom, family, extended family, culturally, all those things going down. And, and they're following God. They can't really say a whole lot. Probably no one would believe them. All right, so let's keep talking about that. Thanks for leaving. That's, that's what was going to be my next question, and you're helping me right over there. Thank you very much. All right, so who, who wants to talk about that? Joseph and Mary and that whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like if, like if your daughter came to you and said, oh, this is from God, I got supernaturally conceived here. What? Where is that man? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, can you imagine going to her dad and saying that and like Joseph sitting right there? Yeah. 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 Sure. Right. And so I was thinking about this. Like, so when, when Jesus is born, who, who has to be there for sure? Who? Mary. Thank you very much. Mary's going to have to be there. Does Joseph have to be there? So, yeah, go ahead. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so he's saying that the whole family, I mean, he's from the line of David, the line of Abraham. I mean, the whole thing. And just all that, the whole name thing that, that's on the line. And that's, that's huge. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, so now, so we got them. They found out. They know what's going on. She's pregnant and showing and the whole nine yards. And then, I'm not going to tell you what happens next. So she's nine months pregnant or so, eight months, whatever. Okay, what happens next in the story? We didn't really read it in here, but what happens? You all probably know. Well, hold on. Before that, before Jesus is born, what, so she's she's pregnant. They're hanging out. She's re- getting close to delivering this baby. What happens in the in the world culturally in in this area? Census. So let's. So now we're talking about all these prophecies. She's in where right now? Where's she at right now? Where? Nazareth. She's hanging out in Galilee. She's hanging out in Nazareth. She's. That's where she is. But we know biblically, it said that the baby was going to be born in Bethlehem. Right? And then, so how did they get to Bethlehem again? Yeah. Joseph had to go there. And so Joseph takes his unmarried wife with him, pregnant, back to Bethlehem. And you think with his name, he'd get somewhere. So they got in the suburban, right? And can you imagine, right? I mean, I don't, I've never even been pregnant. And so, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But I, can, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking like riding a donkey, like eight, nine months pregnant, probably not that good. Hey, and that's probably, I mean, you know, I don't even know if that's days or I'm thinking that's a while, you know what I'm saying? And so she's, she's riding that and. Whew, that just makes me hurt just thinking about it. So, so they get there, and you would think they would get in, you know, have somewhere, right, to have this baby. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they would have something there. But let's go natural. Let's just think in the natural. Because I think sometimes we think, you know, God just moves in the supernatural. And, and that's what's happening here. Okay, I mean, we're talking virgin birth. That's pretty supernatural. We're talking angels showing up, talking to people. That's pretty supernatural. And we, we're like all tuned to that. Like we're wanting God to show up and do that. But then let's, let's think about in the natural. There's some natural things that had to happen just in the world. Secular kind of things that had to happen to get them to Bethlehem. And, and how did that happen? No angels, nothing like that. How did that happen? How do they get from, and why? The consensus, right? And who called the consensus? Caesar. Who, who do you think's leading Caesar to call a consensus? Exactly. God is moving kings. To get these people where he wants them to be. You know, sometimes we're like, ah, oh, why is that person there? Why is that, why is that guy or, or whatever our president? And all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, God, God knows. You know? So in the natural, we see God moving a king to get these people in the right place so that the prophecies of God can happen and work. 
And so as I'm reading this, the challenge to me is like, God, where are you working in the natural? In the tough things and the hard things. In the secular things and the things that, you know, sometimes don't, don't make sense. Okay? Anybody want to talk, develop that any further? Anybody else want to talk about Joseph, Mary, gold manger, scene? I think God's speaking to you. At the end of the day, we're supposed to pray for our leaders, correct? Yeah. So he's talking about that God puts these people in place and sometimes we don't like it, so we pray against them or whatever. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so he's just, he, what he's talking about is that God put him, you know, in Bethlehem, which is outside of the city, calling leaders out and, and doing something that's not right in the center of Jerusalem. He didn't do it right in the center. And so God didn't do it the way they, they thought they probably he should have done it, um, which is a whole other thing. Has God ever done something in your life that you didn't think that was the way he was supposed to do it? Yesterday that happened. Uh, yeah. But it just blows me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. And they're the only two people there. I mean, when it happened. That's another scary thing for me. I just can't imagine delivering my wife's kid, you know, or my kid. I just, that would be weird. That happens. Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of natural things going on here, for sure. But, okay, so now let's look at the big picture a little bit. Just kind of back up a bit. Do you see... I mean, constantly throughout Scripture where God provides tension. Like serious tension. It's like, this is stressful a little bit. Uh, it's painful. This is hurtful. There's chaos. Relationships hurt. There's confusion. Confusion. There's this misunderstanding thing going on. And then, but like, God's like right there. Like he's right in the middle of of all of that uh i don't really know what i mean does anybody have a comment on that i mean why does god do that yeah 
Yeah. Anybody else is going to say something over here? Yeah. 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 Isn't that true? Just hang in there long enough. Yeah, so, so what, kind of what they're, Becky's talking about, so God's going to build your testimony. God's going to build your life on those tension moments and those experiences. And how do you handle those tension moments? How do we handle those? saying that it, we have to, God, when things are going good, we don't think about it. <laughs> but when things go bad, we're going to start thinking about it. We, it wakes us up. It makes us think about what, what he's doing um, in, our, in our midst, in our lives. So again, the, the faith theme, you know, the, I mean, it's not just Mary, just shepherds, it's everybody in this whole story is having, having to exercise, um, exercise faith here. Okay, so uh, let's, let's, let's end with this question. What do we learn about God? So we, kind of, we really dissected the whole Joseph and Mary and their whole deal. We, we did talk about what God's doing and for sure. But what are we learning about God's work on this earth? 
how he works in the same way really today. He hasn't changed. Uh, he's going to do these similar things. Uh, so what do we learn about God from this story? He's a God of order. He's a God of his promises, isn't he? Because, I mean, the whole order is based on the covenant he already said. He's not just doing it. He's not just pushing us out for whatever. He's doing it because it's what he said he's going to do. Okay? What else about God? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What else about God? What do we learn about God here? Uh huh. Right there. I mean, God says to Abraham that all these things will be done. So after that point, uh, again, he's looking for this like Yeah. And he sure did have a way to not probably make them feel too elite in a manger. Yeah. Anything else about God? What God's doing here? Mm. Yeah. God takes random things, natural things, and we would never do. And he makes something of it. Anything else about God before we go into communion? So, yeah, so God's constant through this whole thing. I mean, have we not seen that? 
from Genesis to where we are today, like God, exactly what she's saying, God is just, he is the faithful one. He's the one working it out. He's, he's setting the standard. He's holy, you know. And there is tension because we have sin and he's dealing with that too. He's meeting us in the tension. You know, he's certainly here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You left me here, dude. Mom, what are you thinking? <laughs> you thought I was with Aunt Betty. So God has a timeline. Yeah, I mean, 400 years go by before this happens. No, nothing. You know, and it's like people today are still probably, well, Jesus is going to come back. Jesus is going to come back. And he's coming back my generation and all that. I'm like, well, how do you know? You know, well, like, because, you know, so far the church is batting a thousand at the fact that he didn't come back when we said he thought he was going to. Right. And so I'm like, I don't believe anybody anymore. But anyway, um, so because God's going to do it. He's going to do it when he's going to do it. And and that's how he, he works in, in our lives. He he's the standard. Well let's uh let's go into communion and and uh and have some some time of worship and I guess anything I, I just hope that as we read through this story and all of it is that maybe this week, maybe right now Where are we maybe moving away from God because we don't want to deal with the hard thing, the difficult thing? Because probably God is allowing something to happen, and maybe by our own doing or whatever, He's aligning the stars and moving kings to make something happen in your life. And where's God working it that you're you're like, I don't really want to deal with that. <laughs> I would rather do just keep going over here. But if you really dealt with that, God would do something. He would change your life, maybe. He would birth something. He would, I, I don't know what that is. But I'm pretty certain that all of us here today, there's that thing. And, and we need to, really, we need to like run to God on that thing and allow him to, to do what only he can do. And that is to, to save and, and to restore and to change us and to change history maybe. It may be that big, right? Where we say yes to God in some certain things and we allow him to be the standard and we, we do that and then who knows what could happen. <laughs> who knows what God can do in your life in, in, in this church.